Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Welcome to the Pilot's Advisor. This is Ryan. I am the Pilot's Advisor recording today from Paris, France. I recently had a uh, two-week vacation where I was just with the family, my wife, my two children, Rayson and Jaden, and we were at a lake house uh, for about two weeks. Got to enjoy the water, the sun, tried to turn the news media off for a little bit, and it was just a wonderful time to get in our own little bubble, we like to call it, and just get away from all the different issues that are going on in the world today, which, of course, things have been really, really crazy, lots of emotion out there. And I also wanted to uh, say Happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there on Sunday who we get to celebrate Dad's Day, where Dad gets the big piece of chicken for all his hard work that he does. Not saying that moms don't do, uh, moms mostly do more than the dads in many, many cases, but you know, dads are an essential part of any family dynamic. I mean, any family needs a mom and a dad to help raise children, help the household go. Or as my wife and I talk about, there's different lanes that we have. There's never really been a question of whether or not I'm going to cut the grass or I'm going to take the garbage out. And, you know, most of the time she cooks. And that's just uh, what we decide in our family. It works for us. It doesn't work for everybody, but we also cross paths when, you know, she might be gone on a trip or doing something for the military where I'm at home with the kids for a couple of weeks, you know, picking up the pieces and, and doing everything. And that's just a, a part of parenting. So. Anyway, I say all that to say happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there. I hope you guys had a wonderful day on Sunday. I hope you got to spend some time with your children. I was lucky enough to spend every waking moment of two weeks with my children. And on Father's Day, I had to go back to reality, back to work, and decided to uh, take another trip downrange. So I was actually traveling on Sunday, in which brings up what I wanted to discuss because I could kind of tell you what I saw out there uh, in industry news for the latest on airports and flying uh, traffic and other things. So we'll discuss that on today's podcast. So I flew out of Memphis, Tennessee on Sunday uh, en route to Paris. And to get to Memphis, I traveled in that morning on American Airlines uh, through Charlotte. And it is by far the busiest I've seen the airports in a long, long time. Of course, the dynamic has drastically changed where everybody's wearing masks, social distancing, getting on and off airplanes, and also standing in line for food. Lounges were still closed, but they were going to open on Monday. And it was a drastic difference. Both planes I flew on were completely packed with passengers. People were required to wear their masks, but it's a different feel uh, flying for sure. And I think it's probably going to be that way for a long time. Neither airline or air, airplane flight served any beverages, any food, any snacks. I personally think that this is a cost-saving measure that all these airlines are currently uh, using the coronavirus as a way to cut costs and saying it's okay and appropriate to uh, not serve food or water or what have you. But I don't really think it has anything to do with the coronavirus personally. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think about that, but I think it has allowed the airlines to pivot when it's 
convenient for them for these cost-saving measures, which, of course, in the current environment, uh, they need to do. I mean, it's uh, it can be interesting uh, remaining 2020 on how the airlines handle what damage has been done because of the coronavirus. But both flights totally full, and after flying out, when I was flying uh, for through the northeast of the United States, uh, it was the first time in a long time there was a lot more air traffic out there. I mean, I heard United, American, Southwest. It wasn't just FedEx out there, and the radios for the first time in a while were pretty busy. And, uh, you know, as much as I don't like radio chatter and it gets a little bit uh, irritating at times when you're switching frequencies every couple minutes, it was very, very good feeling to know that it seems like we're starting to lift a little bit on uh, people traveling out there, and I hope it continues. I'm a little worried, based off of all the protests and other things that we've had, where we've kind of given in on our social distancing, that there's going to be ramifications of that, as we've seen spikes in certain cities across the U.S. And of course, you know, with the, the fall, you know, expecting to have another ramp up, it concerns me for our economy, it concerns me for job loss, you know, a lot of factors, and, and we're going to discuss that for sure. But I was, I was very happy to see how much air traffic was out there, and I think it, it bodes well for hopefully not having as many people get furloughed and or, if they are going to be furloughed, coming back sooner than we once thought. Well, hey there. We hope you're enjoying listening to The Pilot's Advisor today. Just wanted to take a quick moment from the show to remind you that if you have any questions ever about what Ryan talks about on the program, need any assistance with your financial planning, need some guidance to get to and through retirement, or whatever financial questions might be on your mind, don't ever hesitate to reach out. The simple way to get in touch with Ryan is to pick up the phone and call or text 843-475-3038. Again, that's 843-475-3038. You can also find Ryan online at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. And as always, we put contact information to get in touch with Ryan in the description or the show notes section of the program. So just check it out on whatever app you're using, and it's easy to get in touch with Ryan. All right, now back to the show. Switching gears, I wanted to also discuss just how not enlightening, but how great it felt to turn off the news every single day, to not hear the spin, to not hear how the world's falling. I just got into my own little bubble. And of course, besides watching the market every day, and and I still talk to my clients on a daily basis, answered emails, but I wasn't watching Fox Business, wasn't watching you know CNN, and wasn't totally engulfed in how what seems like our, our country and the world is just burning down. Because you know I think that Yes, there's a lot of unrest out there, and, and it's, it's justified. But getting our information from the news every day, I think, just really can cause great concern, not only for our social issues, but also for our economic issues. And it would make, make me be very pessimistic about the world going forward when I know that we're going to survive this, we're going to get through this, and we're going to be stronger because that's what Americans do. We always have. We always will. I believe in in our hard work and our will going forward. Another interesting dynamic that I wanted to bring up that is an unintended consequence, I'm sure, of the uh, coronavirus and how it's affected families and how they see. Boat sales are sky high right now. Real estate is moving. In the Phoenix market alone, the market's gone up 23%, I heard, in the last year. And despite people you know, losing jobs and there's a lot of economic issues out there, people are purchasing and doing things that are big purchases. And I think what it is, at least for me, because it's kind of changed my perspective a little bit, 
is it's made us realize the importance of family. We've gotten to experience a little bit more time at home with our children, with our spouses, or maybe being quarantined from other family members. And it makes you realize how precious life really is. And rather than living for one day or someday down the road, people are starting to make the decision to live now. And of course, you know, being a financial advisor, I think that this is a one of those uh, roads that you got to walk down very gently and, and prudently because there's definitely a balance. Live now, but also put money away for a rainy day to avoid stress later on. So finding that balance is something that I talk about with all my clients. And uh, it's, it's something that you really need to figure out. And what I wanted to talk about with that is your why. Because I think your why really, really determines how you're going to invest your money going forward. And so today's show is discussing your why and how it affects your investment philosophy, your emotional well-being through the ups and downs of the market and also the world news. And having a good grasp of that is going to change how you invest your money. So today's show is actually based off of one of my mentors wrote an article talking about the uh, destructive circle of wealth and how it takes away from a person's ability to make unemotional financial decisions. So uh, Mark Matson wrote an article that talks about these different aspects, and we're going to go through each of them. But many investors are trapped in this vicious cycle using the human emotions, and it affects their financial decisions, their wealth, uh, their overall thoughts about money. And it normally severely impacts our capacity for living fulfilled and happy lives. So I wanted to go through all that, and this is what we'll do. Despite all the evidence to the contrary, far too many people continue to labor under the assumption that money or the lack thereof is the only thing that stands in the way of their dreams. You know, this mindset makes sense with the context of our society. I think about everybody always trying to keep up with the Joneses and how people glorify their wealth above all else makes me think about Facebook, how people are living these fake lives and their lives are amazing all the time when it doesn't really show the day-to-day of, you know, normal life and not, oh, we went to this amazing restaurant, we were on this uh, boat ride, we flew this private airplane. But uh, true freedom and happiness, we're led to believe, can only come from great wealth. And as a result, we're forced into a never-ending chase for more, keeping up with the Joneses, which uh, we all kind of understand and know. But uh, as anyone who has reached the top of the financial ladder can tell you, money does not truly buy you happiness. I would say that my clients with the most money tend to worry more than others, which I find you know, very, very crazy, but the more you have, the more you worry. And when it comes to finding genuine freedom around money, the path forward must begin with establishing a purpose for your life that's greater than the money and what you're going to do with it, which is why I always talk to people about how they envision their retirement. What does your retirement look like? Why are you saving money? Is it for a legacy for your children? Is it for financial well-being? Is it for donating? That why is so important. Think of it this way. When the financial decisions you make align with your values, spending money should make you feel fulfilled, not anxious. Think back on the last time you made a big purchase, a financial decision that stressed you, buying a plot of land, a new house, a new car. Did you have buyer's remorse? And you got to ask yourself, was the financial choice consistent with who you are as a person? Did it serve to build your life, the world? Did it make you feel like you're building yourself up, your family, or your community? But if you ultimately felt uneasy and not comfortable with the purchase, the answer to that question is likely no, that you don't know your true purpose for money or what your why is, which can allow you to have a better vision of your future. We've talked many times in the past how people make emotional financial decisions. And so understanding how your emotions affect how you make financial decisions is very, very important. 
So what I wanted to talk about is this destructive cycle of wealth. And in order for you to stay on track, you must understand how our, how our brains and minds work and try not to allow emotions to play into your financial decisions. So the first phase of this is something that we call survivorship stress. Most of us feel a deep-seated anxiety around money. We worry about it constantly. We're afraid that no matter how hard we work, we may never acquire or establish or maintain a lifestyle that we want for ourselves. Rather than enjoying the journey, we're kind of always looking ahead, trying to be better. Or when I make this much, then I'll be happy. Or when I'm finally into that house or have that car, then I'll have attained that happiness that I'm looking for. And this ingrained stress can, over time, lead us to make rash financial decisions that are not aligned with our values. Or trying to buy that captain's house you know, prior to us really making that captain's pay or being secure uh, enough to know that that's something we can afford through up and down markets. The next phase is human wants. As a result of our stress around money, we seek the accumulation of material goods. And this is something that's new to our society today that wasn't so much back in the day. Before, it was like, hey, if we had food and water and clothes on our back and you know, a roof over our head, life was good. But today's society is all about material goods, and they help us feel more secure. And it's rooted in competition, which, of course, you know, I, I love competition, not only in athletics, but just capitalism in general. It makes the world a better place. But when those around us appear to have more than we do, whether that's a nicer car, a bigger house, or more expensive clothes, it gives off a false impression that they're somehow more equipped to handle life's ups and downs. Like they're smarter than you or better than you or they have a better grasp on their life. So we create goals for ourselves with material things and material objects in our mind. You know, buying that dream house, driving that dream car, or dressing our children in the best clothes. And that's how we attain our goals of, hey, you know, I want to create this legacy for my children. I want to get that nice house in that nice neighborhood. And it'll affect not only our decision making, but also our stress around money. The third phase is obtainment. Eventually, you work very, very hard. And of course, we don't reach all of our dreams, but we're eventually able to buy some of those material goals that we set for ourselves. We buy that nice car, we make that, uh, or get into that big house, and our children have an array of the best toys money can buy. However, sadly, in many uh, pilots' cases, the next thing they have is they've got all those material things, but they bought them prior to them really being able to or should have been buying them. And they have this huge monthly nut to crack. Every month, I have to fly 120 hours just to make the, the ends meet. And as you can imagine, that type of pressure on any pilot would be very stressful and it's going to end up affecting your family life at home. Very sadly, though, when we obtain these things, we feel for a moment that we've arrived, that we've made it, that we've uh, grasped all the you know, things that we were hoping to get or provide for our family. But it's only temporary in, in that keeping up with the Joneses, then you're just constantly forced back into the, hey, now how am I going to actually pay for this? So this is where the cycle leads back to the stress. Once that momentary bliss of having those new things subsides, we have to go back to reality. And that reality is working those 120 hours just to make ends meet, or I can't retire because I didn't put enough money away, but I bought all these things. We're plagued with the doubt over whether we made the right decisions. And once, once again, we fall deeper in despair over our financial future. Now I can't retire at 58. I have all these nice things, but now it looks like I'm going to have to work till I'm 65. I'm tired of working. I don't like coming to work anymore. But I've put myself in this situation that I don't have that financial freedom that I was seeking. And, and my job here is to kind of help you through that so that you don't make those bad decisions and you have the ability to retire at 58, 59, or 60. And you don't have to look back and you feel 
securing your financial future. That's my job here. So most of us experience some version of this cycle many times in our lives. And we spend most of our time stressing over the money. It causes uh, discourse at home between our, our family members and our kids. And usually that money only allows you to have brief periods of satisfaction before the stress comes rushing back. So the more times we go through this cycle, the clearer it becomes that no amount of money is going to be enough because people tend to spend what they make. So the more and more they make, the more and more they spend, the more and more things they have, yet they're still behind the eight ball. And that's why taking into account this cycle, this vicious cycle, and checking yourself and paying yourself first can cause you to have true financial peace of mind, which is what I'm trying to find for my clients. So the next time you find yourself surveying your neighbor's you know, new car, oh, look at this new house I got, oh, I just bought this new boat, start thinking about, is that really the, the uh, fulfillment that you're looking for? Do you think it'll bring you happiness and freedom? And like, what's your true purpose? Is it your children or is it things? And how do you envision your next 10 years or 20 years? And when do you want to retire? Because ultimately, you got to find out what that true purpose for that money is and focus it for every financial decision you make so that you're not making emotional decisions. You're not making decisions where you're like, oh, screw it. You know, I want to keep up the Joneses or I want to be living in that golf course community when you got to deal with the repercussions of that, that decision for the next, you know, 15 or 20 years. So these are the conversations that you want to have, not whether it's with your spouse or me as your financial advisor. And if we can take the emotion out of all the decisions we make and start looking at it pragmatically to see if it's aligned with our values, and also if we actually have the, the financial backing that it's an easy decision to be made and it's not going to affect your retirement, then we can go forward. And, you know, I hate having these uh, podcast days where we got to talk about serious issues and the numbers and what have you. But the decisions you make every day will drastically determine your options later on. I don't talk about this as much as I used to, but I used to talk with my wife back when we were in our 20s. You know, if we eat beans for the next five years, we can eat steak for the rest of our lives. Now, granted, she doesn't eat meat anymore, and so that whole eating wings and drinking beer and life would be grand has drastically changed. But the philosophy hasn't changed. Start early, pay yourself first, establish that groundwork, and it's going to give you that many more options later on in your life. So I'm glad we had this conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know you know that true purpose and that aligning your goals with your money is, is something that we don't think about with every single purchase we make. But if it does get to that point, it's going to help alleviate a lot of financial stress going forward. You've been listening to The Pilot's Advisor, featuring Ryan Fleming, a financial advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving clients worldwide, but based out of Charleston, South Carolina. If you have any questions for Ryan on what we've talked about on today's show, maybe a future topic idea, or want to talk more about getting a complimentary review of your financial plan, here's the best ways to get in touch. You can go online to the website, FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. You can also email Ryan. It's simply Ryan at FlemingFG.com or you can call or text to get in touch. 843-475-3038 is the number. That's 843-475-3038. Thanks for listening to The Pilot's Advisor, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and many more locations. So whatever app you like to use, search for The Pilot's Advisor Podcast today and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Thank you.